Hi everybody, uh, Atypical Life's YouTube channel here again. I'm here with Acer. I don't think you have a channel name yet, do you? Um, am I allowed to say it? Yeah, if you want to. I changed it to something more uh, friendly. It used to be something <laughs> with it rude. It used to be something rude. Oh, now it's dear. just AC Spud. Ah, okay. We're here with AC Spud and we're here with one Bill Bags. Hi. Thanks no, for having me. Oh, um, you're very welcome. Uh, known for Bill and Bags video, uh, Bill and Ben video. Sorry. Um, Correct. Is, is that still what we're what it's under? If you don't mind asking, it is. Yes, I mean, it, I mean, the Bill and Ben bit is um, not often used, um, mm. but that is what it stands for. Um, yeah, but I think people just know it as BBV. So, uh, yeah. I mean, it always catches me out because, of course, Ben was my my wife's nickname mm. when she was a kid so it was um yeah a no-brainer really and also it sounds like the bbc <laughs> oh i was uh well you've been around for nearly 30 That's years oh absolutely uh if it's fair why not do it but you've been around well, for... why why the letter v then mm, video, video. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> that told you, didn't it? <laughs> just of all that. Just yeah. Just. Oh, uh, but yes. Um, it's going to be A to go with the C thing. You've been on for 30 years. Now. On this, I don't think it's that interesting, personally. <laughs> no, no, no. But what is interesting is this company has been around since 91, 92, is that right? 91, yeah. 91. I mean, before, interestingly, before that, uh, and I mean, and this is interesting in itself, of course, uh, I was responsible for audiovisuals. Hmm. Um, and that seems to have been where you can track back most of the Doctor Who fans who have now, are now producing content like Big Finish. I mean, so Nick yeah. Briggs. Uh, Gary Russell, uh, um, Jason Hay-Gallery was in one of those plays. Yeah. And yeah, so that seems to have been the genesis. And I'm, I mean, I'm proud and glad to be able to say that that, that was, I was part of the, uh, the initiating energy behind that whole development. I mean, I, 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 so, it, it delights me and uh, surprises me that that the <laughs> there are websites devoted entirely to that era and yeah. everything that we produced. Yeah, there's a great um, there's an entire chunk of the TARDIS wiki that is just about things that aren't officially BBC produced things. So we're talking Virgin New Adventures and things like that. It's really it's really yeah. good read, uh, and it, it's good for me because I don't remember half of the stuff. <laughs> so I'm so pleased that somebody has gone to the. Uh, I mean, it's like I I was. Uh, I don't know whether you've heard of IMDb. IMDb, I'm sure yeah. you have. Yeah. Uh, I uh, some. I think the the initiator that I think I've got this right is a Doctor Who fan. Oh. And so all my stuff was put on there initially, and it's still there. So it's fascinating. It's fabulous. Well, I, I know nowadays you have to actually pay to get your stuff on there. So to become an actor, what what have you for there? You have to actually pay a fee, I think. So that's wonderful. Yeah. 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 So yes, I mean the. Oh, despite the fact that I mean, Doctor Who fans are very good at uh, laying into things that are produced. Absolutely. I've got used to that for years. 
I, the the main thing, I mean, and I, that, I'm surprised people review my, the, the amount of people who devote time, particularly on YouTube, yeah. to reviewing content. I mean, I I don't mind whether it's good, bad, or indifferent. It's just nice and flattering to see that somebody's actually gone to the effort. Even now, I mean, it's still. I mean, I had the Radio Times. I did an interview for the Radio Times. I yeah. Think, I think it was last year. It could have been the year before with lockdown. It's my brain's quite addled. Mm. But yeah, I mean, and to in this era when Doctor Who, I was primarily involved in an era when Doctor Who wasn't on air. I mean, audio visuals was, yeah. but then BBV uh, Doctor Who had come off air. And uh, to to when Doctor Who came back, I kind of thought, well, that's largely it. And then Big Finish came along, mm. so they kind of captured most of the market there so i, I didn't I, I kind of thought it would not die a death but that would be it primarily but still people are remain interested and um yeah i mean that's oh, why yeah. i'm back in business with the website yes so so i've noticed is that a recent thing then as a website only recently literally come back? it's 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 a, not much no more than a week old wow and um, we there's a story behind it. Ark Beetle, who who had, um, I mean, this is the other interesting thing, following on from what we were just talking about. Probe seems to be very popular. Mm. Uh, and, and I'm not surprised. It's a very interesting concept. And of course, Mark Gatiss was heavily involved in it. Yeah. Um, they, Ark Beetle, kind of continued, uh, breathed new life into it by novelizing new stories based yeah. around my character from the last one, Giles, mm -hmm. and adding new characters and developing a team. Uh, one thing led to another, and I ended up recording these video diaries using my character, yep. recording what we've defined as case files. Uh, and I, the, I had an idea that it would be popular, but I did it because I thought I want to get more into acting, having been a director and a producer. And it was a good opportunity and it was fun. Hmm. But then, I, was, I, mean, I was about to ask if you enjoyed it because um, and I know you've appeared here and there in other bits like the Autumn uh, Diaries skits. I believe you're in that as well. So I'm in Airzone as well. I'm, yeah. I have a, a bit part in Airzone. Yeah. I mean, interestingly, over the, one, one thing I've been focusing on over the last few years is acting hmm. uh, and studying a particular acting technique. I mean, everybody's heard of method. But an, uh, a parallel a parallel system is called the Meisner technique, and based around the uh, the work of um, somebody called Sanford Meisner. Um, mm. For those who know, they, they, you know he's very he's very popular in the states, mm. and in, increasingly more popular here. So I do a lot of work to, uh, study on that technique and yeah i it's given me a lot of confidence and um and technique and the yeah confidence mainly to do what i'm doing well that's always great to hear i'm sorry to do a quick detour but um i meant i was meant you to ask on. we went we went um very far and i'm very happy with this uh, but how did bbv actually come about then if you don't uh, if it, i know well, i know it was a while ago have, yes we have kind of touched on it because uh, we mentioned audio visuals. Yeah. Now, it, the, the clue is in the name. Audio, yes, mm -hmm. tick, uh, visuals. 
So the idea always was uh, back then. Um, the thing about audio is it's relatively easy compared to video or filming. Mm. Um, and audio visuals, we did a film. Gary was involved in it. Nick Briggs was involved in it. Uh, mm. I'm trying to think whether anybody else from that era was. I don't think so. I mean, mm. uh, called Scarecrow. We did this film called Scarecrow City. It never really ever amounted to much. We filmed it. We edited it, uh, mm. and an edit existed, but it wasn't anything. It was fun, and we all learned a lot, and I'm very glad that we did it. Yeah. But I, I, I don't foresee it be, ever being anything you could commercially release. But that's the genesis of it. So mm. BBV was born out of that desire, plus my own desire to uh, present myself as a director. Mm. And... Um, and I think I've often said this, that I approach Colin and I also approach Tom Baker. And I, and Tom said, didn't, I didn't get a response from Tom probably, but oh. Colin said yes. And then Nicholas said yes. So um, that was that became clear which direction we were going to go in. Yeah. Um, and it was only ever going to be one. But then always in the back of my brain, uh, there's some, you know, there's, you know, how how do you develop this thing? And then once I decided to sell Summer by Shadows, which was the first one, mm -hmm. it became obvious that there was something akin to audiovisuals that could be developed, commercialised, and and um, yeah. So that's where BBV. Oh yeah, Michael Wisher was involved in that, and that was fantastic. Yeah, yes, because he'd been, we, we've been, uh, he'd very kindly during the audiovisuals days um peter miles michael wisher nabil shaban uh, a lot a lot of uh, doctor who talent mm -hmm. were giving their time for free um so it was good i mean i it was i was uh, very glad to in work with michael and give him some paid work with bbv it was like a bit of a payback um but wow. yeah so that's kind of the genesis fantastic uh, I'm, I'm trying to think, Michael Wisher, because, did he ever do any audios as Davros? I'm, I'm trying to think. Did he ever come back to the show in any capacity as... Uh, you mean in Doctor Who? or in Yeah. Uh, he, he, so I'm trying to think, did he ever return to Never Doctor Who? No, I don't think he did. I think that oh. was the last... Uh, I can't remember. It would have been what's... Um, uh, Planet of Evil, I think. I think... Mm -hmm. was his last so davros wasn't his last appearance because he didn't come back and do, redo davros no um of course as audio visuals fans we he did do dalek voices for us and mm -hmm. we i was forever getting him to do davros impersonations oh I... He, I mean, he was a delight to be with there i mean yeah. i did a convention audio visuals did a convention in southampton mm -hmm. which is again sometimes mentioned online and Michael was a guest. John Leeson was a guest. We had Dee Robson, who was a costume designer, or is the costume designer. Um, so, yeah, Michael was, I mean, just, uh, there are some people you work with uh, from that world who are genuine. I mean, they're all good to work with, but some are genuinely, genuinely a delight. And he was yeah. one of them. Wow. 
I can, I can imagine he seemed lovely in all those interviews. Um, yeah. But on that note, yeah. you've worked with a lot of people from the the Doctor Who universe, bit from classic series, or people who went on to be in Modern Who. Yeah. Uh, we went into a bit about uh, Colin Baker. Uh, what was it like working with people like Peter Davison and uh, Nicola and and yeah. Uh, Celeste? Yeah. Um. I mean, it's interesting because Nicola and Peter are not dissimilar in their approach. Peter, mm. I thoroughly enjoyed working with because although I was very grateful that Colin said yes, I think Peter is, was probably even more established as a mm. well-known face. So it was kind of, I felt very proud and, and surprised and delighted that he agreed to be in Air Zone Solution, which is where the, yeah. which was the first one, and I was obviously uh, not surprisingly a little bit nervous, but really excited. Um, and I learned a lot from watching how he worked. And uh, he uh, back then, I mean, I don't know what it's like with big how he works with Big Finish, but uh, mm. he's I mean, he's a very friendly person. But whereas Colin is very avuncular on and offset, Peter would tend to keep to be more private offset. Mm. Um, I was always amazed at how quickly he could, um, he didn't, when he arrived, he he gave the impression, I don't know whether this is true, that he didn't necessarily know the scene lines right. wise, but once you'd rehearsed it once or twice, it went in for him very quickly. And it was a very interesting, because I'd worked with Caroline John, mm. both of them, and they, they were polar opposite. Caroline needed to learn to have the whole script, not just her part, but oh. everybody else's part <laughs> in her head before she could start. Peter was the other way. And he, he described this, and he, he's mentioned this in a uh, documentary, and I always find it fascinating, mm. that for him, acting is like walking a tightrope. Mm. And if you can stay balanced... Uh, and maintain a, a momentum and also staying in the moment you're fine but the moment you teeter and if you fall then well everything goes tits up but he um yeah i was i, I like his style of acting um mm. i mean he's not my favorite doctor but he, the other things that i've seen him in uh, I, I mean, like peculiar practice. I've always admired his his method. I mean, yeah. not that you see it, but I, I like his naturalistic style compared to oh. Collins. Oh yeah, who's, you know, I mean, I like Collins, but it's very different. It's very big in comparison. And that yeah. was one of the things um, I strive to do with the stranger, which was to to soften and make it more uh, emotionally drawn. Yeah. Which yeah. I think we achieved. I think uh, this is only a personal observation. The way that you characterised him in The Stranger is closer to how he is as the Docs in Big Finish than he was in the show, if that makes sense. Interesting. Yes, yes. I think he, yeah. I think doing The Stranger, not, 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 um, this is not me blowing my own trumpet, but I think he, he got to see another way of doing it. Yeah. I mean, and it's all him. I mean, it's not, it's not, it's nothing that he, it's not in him to do. So, yeah, yeah I think I, yeah. I mean, I've just been, I'm just about to release a J, the JNT interview that I did for the Doctor's documentary, an uncut version. Mm -hmm. And I'm listening to it before I join this soon. 
Mm. I'm watching the DVDs just to spot check it. And um, JNT says in, when he's talking about Colin that he felt that Colin was just getting into his stride before he was axed. And he would have loved to have seen. And that's kind of yeah, what the stranger was, I think. Mm, definitely. There's, um, I say it's always nice to see someone like Colin get another chance to do it when something is, mm. and again with Sylvester, when something has been cut short, that he gets another opportunity to do to finish up elsewhere. Yeah, Sylvester's another. I mean, Sylvester is a live wire. It's interesting because he he John Pertwee and um, the two of them were very good friends. But I know John found him particularly challenging to work with yeah. because he'd be constantly improvising. I mean, he Sylvester talks about it quite openly when, uh, and it's referenced in the Blu-ray behind the scenes. And that was Sylvester. It didn't bother me, actually, because mm. um, I quite liked um, the way he works. Uh, kind of fresh and always inventive and sparky. I mean... But John found it a challenge. But no, it's interesting. Yeah, he, he's another. I mean, he's uh, yeah, he's another great, another great yeah. actor to work with. And I know he 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 came back a few times, didn't he? So he did. Did he do something with Probe as well? Is that right? Yes, he's in Zero Imperative. He plays the. He's kind of villain is not quite the right word. Misguided. Hmm. It's where he has his long hair, which I think really suited him actually. Yeah. Yeah. So that would have been around the time of the TV movie, maybe just before, is that right? Before, yeah. Right. Yeah. Very strange. And of course, for the TV movie, he did... Um, uh, I, I remember Sylvester telling... We were at a convention, I think it must have been Coventry, mm. and uh, Sylvester and I were having a private conversation in the bar, mm. and he told me, uh, they're bringing it back. <laughs> so obviously because he'd been he, he's in it indeed they'd obviously yeah. approached him before it was announced and he told me and my first reaction was take a camera <laughs> <laughs> which is where which is where and which of course he you know because we're good pals mm. he was i mean it was a, a really interesting thing for him to do so yeah that's where bidding adieu came from mm. so with that uh, with that did did you think about working with Paul McGann more than that? I, off the top of my head, he didn't do any probe or anything like that, did he? No, no. I, um, funny enough, I've worked with Paul's brother a couple of times mm. um, on on other things. Um, I can't, I, and I've met Paul at conventions and we've chatted, um, but I've ne it's never, I've never, I've never crossed my mind to approach him actually. Yeah. I don't think. Uh, yeah, no, I don't think we have. I mean, I kind of, for me, a lot of what I do, although uh, as a kid, um, I, I, I was a huge Doctor Who fan, and Tom Baker was my was my Doctor. Although I liked John Pertwee, and I liked all the ones since, but he was my era, if you like. Yeah. Um, the, the new series, although I can admire it, and I'm glad it's back. Mm -hmm. uh, it's not it's not for me anymore i don't feel it's not my kind of thing it's kind of gone in a different direction and it's it's appealing to a i mean yeah torchwood would be would be more my kind of thing i mean right. if ever i was to produce doctor who i mean i don't know what the it's interesting i don't know what the brief to the producer is but to me 
it's more it's a it's pitched at a younger more broader audience i would go for more something a bit darker and a bit yeah. more mature but i don't know whether that would be um a proposition that anybody would be interested in i'd be interested to find that out myself because i feel like in certainly in Stephen moffat's time they leaned at one end between fantasy kids show and then in the other end you'd have um world muffin time the, the sidemen saw at the very end of capaldi's time where that's some of the darkest doctor i've ever seen yeah. but then you move on into chibnall's era and i don't think they've ever really gone very far with things other than uh, social topics mm. which i always applaud but they haven't really yeah. gone with the darkness yeah. of doctor Who that they can do you know no. i think no, they're they're, right. i think blown up but they didn't really it was yeah. off screen there wasn't that much horror to it yeah I mean, no it's a big thing I to take from, Yeah, for mm. me, the interesting thing is the duration of the episodes has mm. an effect on the, the way the story, the plot unravels. Yeah. And B, also the material. I mean, it's interesting. They're, they must be, I must, they must be making some money out of Doctor Who, so, but yeah. they don't spend it on the show because mm. it, every, it, you can see that there's, it, there's the, the brief for the script is you can have three other, you can have three or four other main characters in your story. Mm. Uh, and every story is constructed around, I mean, the CGI budget must be massive. Yeah. But it shows that the, everything is written around this very, it exposes um, the, the a, a limitation. I mean, not, yeah. I mean, I, I've got no problem with Jodie. I think she's great. Mm. But it's just not, on a content wise, it's not my cup of tea anymore. Oh no, I can um, completely get that. What does it seem like they misuse the budget for? Uh, too much CGI, too many guest stars, stuff like that? I don't know. I wouldn't go as far as saying they misuse the budget. I'm just saying you can tell how the budget, you can see the budget constraints on mm. the content because, you know, if you, if you know that the day rate for a, or, you know, how it, um how you pay a, a main actor you can see the limitations through the cast you know you, the, yeah i mean it's probably not something to explore particularly but it's just interesting to me I, it, yeah and it's the same from story to story mm, with with i wonder if anyone feels like having the narrative so necessarily stuck together for 13 episodes is a problem now as well i think it was okay in russell c davis's time Having like an overarching theme seems to actually constrain the show now, in my opinion. Doctor mm. Who stories can last as all kinds of time mm. episodes. Some are really good with just forty-five minutes. So yeah, yeah. If they played yeah. more, have much Doctor Who could vary. I think that would really help. Yeah. Imagine yeah. a four-parter again. Oh, that would be wonderful. Just consider it normal. Yeah. So. I'd be a bit disingenuous not to ask about this, really. So in a lot of your films, you show things from, Doc from Doctor Who. So you show the Autons, uh, Liz Shaw, we mentioned earlier, um, Zygons, I guess. I, I haven't looked a lot into that one, but you used Zygons before. How do you go about mm. getting the rights to such things? Because I know they don't primarily line with Doctor Who. They're not no. with the BBC, those rights. How do you go about getting such things? I don't know whether I was the first to do this. Uh, maybe it was real time. I, 
I don't know the chronology of it, but I certainly capitalized on it. Liz Shaw was simply an approach. I mean, obviously that was in an era before anybody had ever thought that the show might come back. Mm. So it was just a direct approach to the copyright department at the BBC at the time. Oh. And I still got the, um, the memo that they sent me. Mm. Um, and then, I mean, I have a, I, ha I had a very good relationship. I mean, the Rani's a very good example. Mm. The, I, have, I had a, a very good relationship with Pip and Jane Baker. Ah. And um, we just we discuss. I can't, I can't remember the detail, but we discussed the Rani and the possibility because Big Finish had approached them, right? And um, that they knew me personally, so they offered it to me. And that they checked, they knew that it was that she was her creation, but there was something in their contract around a time. Uh, limit a time a duration of time before they could do anything else with it yeah um uh, k9 is an interesting one because uh, there are some that are jointly owned like the daleks are jointly owned between bbc and terry nation's estate yeah um but the cybermen too uh, um between those two estates yeah and um k9 um that, that was just a, uh, yeah, that was just a direct approach and we just got permission. Incredible. Um, and it's interesting because um, if you take the script description, it, it even describes the font of K9. So the BBC could not claim anything on it because they couldn't claim it. Like with the Dalek, it was, a BB, it was the in-house design. So although there is a description, it's not as specific. But K9, it, it, the font is, is the actual font uh, is actually described. So, yeah, I mean, I was I just had um, balls yeah. and made the effort to approach people or uh, people on the BBB team at the time. Mm. Um, I mean, I've got letters from Robert Banks Stewart for all of the Zygons and... Uh, is, is he crinoids as well? I think so. Mm. Yeah, well, they, so yeah, we just approached, and Robert Holmes for the Santarans and the um, Autons. So just direct approach, and it was just having because this is at a time when the Doctor Who was not on air. I have rem this is an interesting story. Um, uh, who was the exec producer? So Russell's showrunner. Is it Julie Gardner? I want to say Julie, Julie Gardner. Gardner. Yeah. She me up. Oh no, she did that. Oh, that was just something else. Um, I had a phone call from the BBC team hmm. asking me whether they could use the Autons. Really? And at the beginning, when Doctor Who came, yeah, because they discovered that I had the rights. Um, so <laughs> you could have said no. Wow. Well, yeah, yeah well, that, yeah. Oh, that's Thank incredible. you for choosing Zoom. This meeting no longer has a time limit. Oh, there we go. That's good. Oh, great stuff. Great stuff. Yeah. Could have asked for anything. Yeah. <laughs> Give <laughs> me a cat. But they have to be blue. <laughs> <laughs> yes, and they have to have BBV written across their foreheads. <laughs> oh, my God, that would be great. Oh, but with speaking of things that work outside of Doctor Who, Mm. Um, you, I don't know if you were the first 
to work with them, but Lawrence Miles and Faction Paradox got an audio series mm -hmm. under BBV, didn't they? As the Faction Paradox yes. protocols. We were the we were the first. We, I mean, I'd never heard of Faction Paradox to be honest, but Paul Ebbs, who was working with me at the time, did, and he mm. Paul uh, knew uh, was being the fan that he was was mm. all over the Virgin books. Right. which is, I think, where a lot of the genesis, like Lance Parkin, Lawrence, that they'd all had some connection from there. And um, Paul made the approach and he, we, yeah, that was, I mean, it was very easy. We just, and I mean, and I, I mean, absolutely fascinating, unique. Um, and I'm, and I'm hoping that maybe we could do something more with them. And I know, I think they've been, the rights have been sold. Lawrence, uh, Lawrence doesn't have anything to do with it anymore. I understand. Be, they've gone for, I did a video on that as well. I'm trying to keep up with where the rights actually are nowadays. It's very difficult because they've been, I, I believe they were with a company in Australia now called, uh, I can't remember for the life of me, but they've been sold off several times since they last had anything really? to do with them. Yeah, yeah right. But they are. Well, nobody's approached me about mine. I just continue to sell them. Mm. I can imagine that you you still own distribution, though, right? So I imagine you're okay either way, right? Mm, yeah. Mm. I mean, no, I've no, no. I mean, yeah. yeah. No issues on that. And in your ones, particularly, didn't they use Sontarans? Is is that right? The first one, yeah. I mean, it's a lot. It's funny because obviously, having just set up the website and relaunched. Yeah launched a new BBB website it, um, it's now all available for down all that because I've most of them my 40 CDs the mm. CDs have all sold so it's largely um, download now mm. there are a few titles that still exist on CD um, so if I remember rightly I know it's shadow because it's on the cover mm. shadow work um, I can't remember what it's called off the top of my head. But yes, they do, they're in there, yeah. I don't know why why they were a favourite of his. I think it was just simply boils down to Lawrence liked them as yeah. a monster. I know so later, he, yeah. later down the line, he started using the Asirens a lot as well. I can't remember if that was with BB Vivo. I just have this image of a no, cover up. So, yeah. Right, yeah. right. I wonder if, who would they fall with? Because Robert Holmes wrote that under a pseudonym. So I wonder if he just take. Oh, yeah, <laughs> very interesting. Yeah, rights is a very interesting unraveling. That kind of thing is because um, mm. obviously the BBC had issue. You know, the, the Daleks often throw up issues for. Yeah, there were there were big big debates with the new series, but they got yeah. it ironed out. I mean. I think there was a rumour at one point that they legally had. I think it was after series four happened that they were legally obliged to use them every year. Really? Um. Otherwise, they would lose the rights back completely to the Terry Nation estate, so they couldn't promote them anymore. That's why you see things like a Dalek appear in Series 6, but they don't actually do anything. They just sort of destroy it. There's like a destroyed casing somewhere. Something like that. That rumor's not been proven yet? Or... Uh, no. No. I, I don't think anyone BBC would talk about it if it were true, if that makes sense. Uh, no, I, uh, I mean, it, if I was a rights holder and I'd given the rights up to the BBC, I'd want them to be exploited otherwise you give it to somebody else who does otherwise you're not making the most out of your intellectual property are you? no exactly with it's amazing how long they'll hold on to rights just for the sake of it 
Yeah. Mm. Well, franchises that suffer from that, really. Yeah. Because I know looking at it in the 90s, Doctor Who, um, the guy who ended up making the movie, can, can I remember his name off the top of my head? The TV Yes, Siegel. He actually got yeah. the rights in like 88, 89 or something like that. And he was like oh. sitting on them for a couple of years when he went to places like Andalin Entertainment, etc. And BBC every single time were like, we're keeping this. Even though we're not going to make anything with it, we're keeping an interest in it. Mm -hmm. It still has value. Yeah, because I think at the time, like the home video range was doing better than any other show. So... Mm -hmm. Very interesting indeed. So, so uh, one of the questions I've done here is when you were when you were creating projects for BBV, did you find it easier to have like wholesale concepts like uh, units and things like that, or did you like to create your own things and have some maybe someone come along and do something like the Cybron, like we had, or both? Yeah. Yeah. Um. Well, unit kind of came along at that the the Auton thing. Uh, I, th this is well known, so it's nothing mm -hmm. new. Yeah. But it was originally a real time project, and and Keith yielded it to BBV for various reasons. So it became a BBV project. So, um, and it came with Nick Briggs uh, with it. Um, probe, I think, is probably probe and cyberon. Mm. Um, represent yes, more what I'm, I'm, I'm taking. I mean, the thing about Liz Shaw was she presented a an opportunity to do something different. Yeah. Um, and the probe framework, also, and then cyberon. Um less structured than probe but more uh similar vein trying to do something that would appeal to the core audience but but i mean somebody described cybron as the best movie of the year 2000 wow. um and i don't think they were a doctor who fan interesting <laughs> now okay that's quite a claim mm. but it, i mean whatever your view whether you agree with it or not for somebody to actually make that claim in the first place and not without having their tongue firmly in the side <laughs> of their tongue is, uh, is a huge um, thing. And I, I think, I mean, I, I think in some ways, uh, I think, I mean, there's something about Cybron mm -hmm. that I really like. Even now I can watch it and be uh, get a lot from it. Um, I don't know whether that answers your question, but it's that's kind of what was in the, always in the back... Once yeah. I'd got the first three strangers out of the way, I was always, and am still, it's not like there's a full stop. I mean, it's kind of been a bit dormant, I suppose, but now we're kind of back in business. And uh, always looking for opportunities to explore new territory. And uh, deeper, darker themes. Absolutely. Um, sort of on the notes of uh, BBV still being here and uh, still continue soldiering on, which I'm very happy with. Um, what, where do you see the future of BBV? Do you see it continuing with these visual releases, more audio releases in the prose form, as you mentioned earlier? How are we going to see the BBV go 
on for the next few years? Well, I think it's it's kind of, it's interesting that it. Um, I'd like now to take what we have and go in different directions. So take, um, find content that uh, people, you know, maybe written content that people want to hear in an audio uh, format mm-hmm. uh, medium. Uh, and I'm writing a new probe story. Um, I did a romantic comedy, a film, uh-huh. and that, I thoroughly enjoyed that. That's, I mean, it, it's available, but it's not. It's only had a soft release. Mm. But now the website's back up; it'll have its own release. So, yeah, I. Um, the thing, it, what is interesting to me is, I don't. I'm not interested in kind of agendas, mm. but I do like something that's. I was watching the Green Mile the Tom Hanks movie yeah. about death row. And um, it, it doesn't, it's not, a, it's not a political thing. It's just a human drama. That, and it, it has a kind of fantasy element, but it's not overplayed. Yeah. Uh, and it's moving and it's kind of, it challenges you to think about your moral position. Beautiful and, stuff, uh, isn't it? Yeah. And that's kind of, yeah. I mean, I like political dramas as well, mm. but yeah, so that's kind of, yeah. I see BBV um, being a place, I mean, Big Finish, I admire because they, uh, they, they the way Jason and the te- their team mm. have developed, I mean, what was interesting to me is when I started releasing the Professor and Ace audios, I made, uh, having done all, all of audio visuals on cassette mm. tape, um, I, I, I don't know, I can't remember the circumstances, but I thought cassette tapes are going to disappear. Mm. We need to do this on CD. So all of the BBV stuff was um, the Professor and Ace, the initial audios, were all released on CD. And it was the right decision. Yeah, um, absolutely. So I think I like, there's something about my brain that says, um, where's the new direction? And I think the Big Finish have got, I don't want to compete with Big Finish. I don't see myself as a competitor. Um, uh, a, because I came first anyway. <laughs> but B, because I'm interested in, I mean, I, I, I'm not interested in specific bespoke Doctor Who stuff. They're, they're yeah. doing that and they're doing that brilliantly. So my, my, my pitch, my, my bit of turf is in a different direction. Yeah. Could you, could should the opportunity arise, would you consider doing more stuff, say, with Bavani and stuff like that for audio, maybe? I think the interesting thing, potentially, yeah. Mm. Um, yeah. I mean, I don't, I mean, it would have to obviously um, have to be a recast. Mm. Um, it, it's not. If the story was good, I mean, if the, if the story engaged me, then yes. Oh, yes. Uh, um, uh, this isn't self-promotion, by the way, but I know um, my co-host here is helping write something with Bavani in right now. Oh, oh fantastic. Yeah. I didn't know you were going to bring Oh, sorry. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we went deeper and darker as well, because we like dark as well. Uh, so Very good. A post-Time War Rani, mm. who has been shocked, and she's been experimenting on herself and trying... But it's all 
Wow. Yeah, we won't talk anyone else. We're quite proud of the voice actress, though, because she's, you can tell that she's going to do that. Yeah. Oh, good. Fantastic. I look forward to hearing it. <laughs> oh, God. Thank you. No pressure. Thank you. No, no pressure. Like, like you said, you got to have balls. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. We're going to do it. Mm. Absolutely. And Speaking of which, Fleming. <laughs> no, go ahead. Um, with the last 30 years of BBV, and um, you've got here now and you're relaunching it and what have you, what would you say the legacy is of BBV? Don't know if that's well, too philosophical. <laughs> yeah, no, it's a good question. I think we, we were part of a team of fans and producers and professionals that uh, kept things going. And I mean, with Autumn, we broke new territory with the CGI. Um, with the Professor and Ace, BBV proved that there was an audience um, on audio. And uh, that it basically, I suppose, uh, Sylvester would describe me as a buccaneer. Basically, um, if, there's a, if there's a closed door in front of you, ignore it. Yeah. No, like a lot of smaller legacies as opposed to one big legacy. Because mm. there's a source. The one thing about it is variety. Yeah. Because mm. every project... Yeah, I mean the thirtieth anniversary. Um, BBV. Yeah, it's own solution. Thirtieth anniversary, BBV. It's, it's such a strange yeah. thing to to think that when you say did the Ozone solution, you were so it was in line with the thirtieth anniversary of something else, and now you're that milestone. That's such an interesting thing to think about, right? Yes, one of those head head um, things that play with you. <laughs> so, but yes, um, I've actually ran out of questions, but I'm very happy to. Um, well, I think you've um, you've you've uh, done very well. I'm impressed. Thank you. Um, I will say this: there's an absolute chance for you to plug anything you've got coming out soon at the end here, mm. if you'd like. Yes. Uh, well, mainly it's the website. Come and visit yeah. the website and. Um, fill your basket Absolutely. with goodies um, and tell us i mean i'm also i mean my email address is on the website mm -hmm. and um i mean if if you've got ideas of things you'd like to do ideas that you want us to look at mm -hmm. um uh, from you know anything uh, i can only say no <laughs> <laughs> um but i might say yes so yeah, no, I, I would love. I'd love to hear from people, and also I'd be, be delighted for people to spread the word because, um, yeah, there's a lot to be done. I'll link to the site in the description, Flem. Uh, yeah, definitely. Link will be there. There'll be a link to what's coming up. I believe you said you're bringing up the John Nathan Turner interview in full now, aren't you? Yeah. Okay. The, Fantastic. Yeah. And the um, the Giles. Uh, the the short case files that I've been doing, we're going to bundle those together, and that's also now going to be a pre. Yeah, you can pre-order that on DVD. Oh, 
Oh, fantastic. Great stuff. Well, other than that, it's been an absolute pleasure. Um, yeah, and likewise. This just came as, as a chance thing. I thought, I might answer. And so <laughs> you did. It was great stuff. Yeah. Well, I, it's, I mean, I'm, I tell you, I've, I have done a lot of interviews over the years. Um, uh, uh, people have written books about BBV. They've written books about audiovisuals. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it, it always um, fascinates me and delights me. And if ever I can be of service to those that have helped me, then, you know, it's about supporting each other, isn't it? Yes, absolutely. Great stuff. Um, I'd be as far as to call you a trailblazer at this. Again, you see what's going on in, in Doctor Who outside of a main TV show. And a lot of people are either making visual fan films or with concepts from the show or they're, they're doing audio dramas and you pioneer them both pretty much. So, Thank Very you. Good. 